Hello. Hey, Dan. How are you? Okay, I'm feeling okay. <laughs> I'm just checking my Tinder. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. Mm, sure. Okay. Oh. And I never know where these people are from. But you know they're around you in space. They're here in central Ohio. Uh, not really. This one, yep, 10 miles away. Peaches. How did she get piped? How did Peaches get piped to you? I don't know. Um, I, yeah, so they know I'm nearby. A lot of good Ohio girls here. Sorry, Peaches. Not, not interested. Like an Ohio 6 is like a New York four right <laughs> well you know what dude i don't i don't know what maybe they're using some algorithm and because there's there's definitely some hotter girls showing up here for me so i'm wondering you know why like brit here mm. but you can definitely see differences a lot of red a lot of Ohio state shirts yeah yeah and you know that those girls they might not be interested in your countercultural kind of hippie ways. I don't know. I'm open for anything. I don't know. When you show up with the 60 milligram gummy and you eat a third of it <laughs> at the, for the date, they're going to be like... No, that, that's right. I'm move straight to Adderall for that, brother. That's the different <laughs> substance. You know, I always feel bad whenever there's anyone that says anything about fitness or training. I'm just like, ah, nope. Not going to happen. That's not compatible. Oh, oh, well... It's okay if she's fit, right? Oh, totally. And I still fit right. But, you know, it's like, I just feel like that's an awkward conversation that would come up very soon, very quickly. But you, you're kind of a natural troll, so you can just use that as like a springboard for <laughs> a little bit of negating. negging. Uh, <laughs> I've never been good at that. Okay. Although it does work. It does, it does work. Oh, Unfortunately, God. yeah. It's true, right? But I'm sure, like, there's like a, a good percentage of women that are aware of the tactic and sort of shoot it down. Well, I guess so. I don't know shit about this, but white, right and left, right and left. That's about it. Country music. I can deal with country music. So when you swipe left, you know that you are approving this woman, or no? Left is like, you know, I'm not interested. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Christian. Yeah, that's no problem. Mm. No, the left. Left. Yeah, I mean, if they mention it right away, but but at the same time, your whole family is Christian, so. I guess that's true, but I wouldn't put it on my profile. Now, I'm just taking a break from, well, I like a lot. One of my favorite shows, I don't know what you watch, but personally, like, YouTube is my favorite streaming service. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. And, um, you know, sorry to interrupt you here, but the distraction-free uh, plug-in for Chrome, I'm sure you're uh, you're probably usually on your phone when you're using YouTube, but um, this distraction-free plug-in is just amazing. It makes it like, for me, it just makes it like 100% better because it just makes it like an actual, you're watching the video, but you're not being distracted by all the other videos that you could be watching for its algorithm. It takes the algorithm out of the equation. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, so this is on... Google Chrome, uh, it's mm -hmm. Google Chrome for for YouTube or for yeah, for it's an extension Voice? for Chrome. Oh, and so it it what does it do? It 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 takes away their 
I don't know exactly what it does. I know it takes like the the right panel, the column on the right. It takes all those like suggestions away. So you're not oh, seeing wow. that by itself is like a huge difference. It just feels different right. to be using it. Need need that for porn too. That would help for porn. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> The, like the thing, like the hunt and peck effect I've heard like this is, <laughs> like I mean people that. people spend like basically ninety percent of the time looking for a good video to watch and it's like oh and it's such an interesting time it should be studied like because the person right. is like trying like I really want to nut to an extremely hot girl right now you know what I mean like <laughs> it, like the psychology is so fucked up and it really doesn't matter and like the better you better off. Is just like getting it over yeah. with and less damage to your wiener and everything. Right. Everything. Everybody's happy. <laughs> like, be happy with what you have. Focus on what's in front of you. Yeah. Just because you found something great doesn't mean you can find something even better. Even better, right? It's pretty sad. So on YouTube, my favorite thing to watch to fall asleep to is a program called Stove the Hobo. This guy, he's he rides the rails like freight trains. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd look at that. And so, it's it's pretty awesome because like he's very educated, has great vocabulary, and he plays the piano himself in the background of all of it, playing you know covers of songs uh, that apply to the landscapes that he's riding through. Mm-hmm. But it's all done you know with like an iPhone or something or a cam- some sort of camera that's cheap or whatever. Yeah. But he's, he's just the best. I mean, he's better than any of these well-produced things. Uh-huh. He's a curmudgeon. He's pissed at everything. He's pissed at the railroad companies for not leaving on time and <laughs> going the wrong way. Stobe, Stobe oh, S-T-O-B-E, the hobo? Yes. Okay. And it's just amazing. You can tell his, his parents are just like, you know, we sent you to the good schools and this is what you're doing. Yeah. But um, he's died. he died, actually. On the rail, on the rails. He doesn't want to be in an office environment or something. He just wants to. Oh yeah, the way that he describes that is really cool. He, he describes it like he describes us people that go to offices and drive the same shaped cars that look like nondescript blobs. Econo boxes. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's really good. Really good. You got to check it out. I will absolutely. So. We want to commemorate the uh, amazing ride we took yesterday uh, all around, oh, kind of inside the outer belt of uh, Columbus. Yes, man. That was good stuff. Very pleasant. I don't know what you want to talk about. Well, I, I, I smiled and said hello to more people than I'm used to. Uh, I got smiles back. Yeah, well, that's Midwest, right? Oh, yeah. It was noticeable. Yeah. Very noticeable. It's, you know, I grew up, obviously, all my life here. And uh, that just never goes away. Yeah, that is very... I mean, people complain about it, too, because they say it's not real. It's just kind of a... Like, the extreme example is the Southern uh, hospitality, which rarely turns into, like, deep friendships. But people are very nice. Um, But then in New York, sometimes I appreciate how people are just, like, they're honest about their time like they don't want to even do the niceties and spend that little bit of energy in order to give other people this kind of false i i mean it's definitely a thing it's definitely a thing yeah i think you walk past so many people every day 
so many people like whatever you think you're going to do here yeah, you yeah. multiply it by 75 or something so sure. you would never then it would just get old but you know there's a study about about that and, and or I'm sure there's more than one but there's a theory about why in the U.S. in particular if you like ask people what is a weird thing about you Americans and one of those things um, one is like you know so many flags just flags everywhere American flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other things they mentioned is that everyone just smiles and talks and smiles and super extra over the top friendly. And I mean, especially in the South, right? We know that, but it's true that people are very friendly most places here, I think. And what they said was because the U S was founded later in such a multicultural background where early on during early immigration, so many people moved here speaking different languages that a lot, there were, there weren't ways to uh, communicate early on. And so they, they, one of the theories is that a way that people in the, in America learn to show their goodwill towards other people that they can't talk to is just by smiling to everybody. Really? I don't know how true that is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a theory, and I wonder, I haven't read the study. It sounds a little dubious, but there must be a reason why. I would assume that people in Australia are very nice to bystanders, maybe in the less populated areas, too. Maybe not. Say, probably that's a good guess. Every Australian I know is pretty... uh, forward and yeah just very engaging social, socially kind of positive as long as you're not an aborigine or something i guess yeah i mean yeah, i guess it depends on your left or right divide at that point everybody has an, another group of people that are not friendly to right or whatever yeah we do uh you know it's tribalism right it's a part of our... i think so Makeup. But you know, America, America, our tribe is multiculturalist. I think in its core. I mean, of course, we have a big problem with, with um, you know, racism in this country, immigration, racism. It's it's very focused here. But I think that when you look at it from the big picture, I mean, I ask you, you know, what's your what's your ethnicity, right? Yeah. Like who, or what's your ethnicity? And you return with something like, I mean, you would, you would return with German and what else? Like, uh, Slovak. Oh, you're Slovak too. Yeah. And then I have an eighth gypsy, which, uh, so that's only a quarter of my grandma, uh, a quarter of my, my, yeah, my grand or a quarter of my mom is, I'm sorry. I sound stupid right now. I am. Um, I'm sorry. yeah, a quarter of my mom is, straight up gypsy like his in-laws he was a man uh a gypsy man and his in-laws would call him a horse trader like t-r-a-d-e-r yeah and and the slovak girl i know at my job i told her that i was an eighth gypsy and she was like a gypsy what (laughs) like she freaked out when i said gypsy and she does apparently does not like gypsies one bit so uh, yeah my my grandma (laughs) used to like 
talk about gypsies and you can't trust them. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you can it's just like, like <laughs> you can just like fast forward the time to like a hundred years from now, and you can just like fill in the ethnicities that aren't trusted, you know. But I mean, sure, there there are like certain things that happen that cause more gypsies to rip people off than you know whatever other ethnic groups in the sample population yeah. you're talking about. But I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, being nomads in urban environments pisses people off in general. You know, you don't want to see people setting up their tent. I tell you, saying that you got gypped. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite sayings and one of my favorite things. But <laughs> my my brother is, is um, highly woke, I guess. <laughs> yes. He's, looking, he's like, you can't say that, Dan. And I said, damn it, I can't say that. He, it's fun to tell people if you feel like, you know, just like that whole virtue signaling thing, people can't really retort. I've done that to, like, professors in college environments, been like, you just said gypped. Do you know what that comes from, you know? You son of a bitch. Yeah, right. It's like, that that stuff, I I listen to my brother. It it doesn't make sense to me. I try to argue my point, but at the end of the day, I say, you know what? I don't want to be on the wrong side of this in history. Exactly. You you could have completed my thought there. Yeah, you just don't want to be on the wrong side of history. You might as well be tolerant of uh, extreme wokeness. But, you know, what I was thinking about when I started talking about this is something I think about sometimes. That's So, you know, you identify as part of your heritage as German, yet Germany didn't really exist until, you know, sometime before... Yeah, I guess World War One. So, so I should be like I mean, Bavarian. I should say Bavarian, right? Yeah. And so eventually, I think that in the U.S. and and Americans in general are going to eventually stop identifying with their old um, hereditary background. I think that American will become a almost ethnicity, almost a an answer to that question because, you know, as we amalgamate, there's less and less, you can't just list everything eventually. Right. Yep. And, uh, but with some things like this background tracing of your DNA and you get these returns and you find out, well, you're not actually what you've been told you are all the time. Absolutely. And, And it's, and it's very interesting. I think it's actually, um, pretty, pretty, telling when people have have hang-ups based on a certain religion what if you like brazilian i think like brazilian is definitely a thing like you could say i'm brazilian and people kind of know what you're talking about how the person would be sort of beige looking sort of in between white and right, black. Sure, sure. and then the american like i mean uh, i mean there are so many interracial uh couples just on my little block so yeah. i mean i know that like when races are mixed and you take away the taboos people right. find each other very hot you know from a different you know i mean right fast forward 200 years you yeah. know with with accelerated multiculturalism and accelerated interracial right um marriages and such it's like this old distinction it just is going to melt away there's no there's no ways to avoid that yeah. i think it's going to move into more of a class type thing and it's not going to go away go away like yeah, it's. I think the obs- the obsession with race might hopefully go away in our lifetimes. Even um, I agree the kind of preoccupation. 
I don't know. The way we look at race is completely just on steroids. Just it doesn't matter how you feel about it, but everyone thinks about it way, way too much, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, I would like, agree. I'm not talking about like how you have to get rid of systemic um, inequalities. I'm just talking about like in general. Right. So it's nice. It's refreshing to see like you know the Hispanic world how they look at that stuff they just it, i don't want to like characterize it even by saying anything about it but it's just refreshing to hear people mm -hmm. just say you americans are fucking crazy you know you're race war and you're like you know you just you people are just you're insane you just don't even know what you're talking about you're just so kind of fucked up well you know it's interesting because you know i had this discussion with um an ex friend of mine and and she she brought up how racist america was like and then I, I I spend time there, and the racism that is open and ingrained in just a normal part of culture towards people from say Ecuador or right. Guatemala, right? It's 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 pervasive. It, it's it's deep and it's completely accepted. Exactly, because it's and, not, and it's celebrated. It's it's funny. Like people like take like this great enjoyment out of it too. Like. It's interesting. It's just like hatred is so right. powerful. It's so like an individual, you're, you can unite with another individual based on your mutual hatred of this group or this person. It's like the quickest way to feel belonging. Right. Yeah. Uh, the quickest way is to commiserate. And that's really what, where it yeah. starts. But that, you know, because I, what I find is people with, a lot of money they they don't really they're not finding people to blame for anything unless they're trying to grab power or to motivate a a mass below them i think if they're just have if you have a bunch of money and you don't you're not trying to create followers mm -hmm. there's don't really a big reason to hate anybody else because most of the time you have different classes working under you cleaning your floors and and like but as i think our next racism that's coming is going to be people who've been modified and DNA has been modified and who's haven't at all. And I think that's going to be a, a new thing where, you know, when you have had enhancements done to give you better um, resistance to illnesses and yeah. just maybe better, better vision or better hearing or, or better lung function, you know, once these these drugs become like, hey, not only is it going to help you, but all of your descendants, you're you're all going to be seven percent higher IQ. It's been proven by science. I think a lot of people are going to be like, well, yeah, I want that. I want I want that to be part of my life. I'm not afraid of it. Mm -hmm. But then there's going to be like, I, I'm so interested in the Amish community, and and to a lesser extent, the Jewish community because their whole thing about religion and culture and identity is isolation in a way or not isolation, but just keeping a very rich culture that carries on traditions. And so it makes me think like, you know, in life diversity, it causes survival. You know, it's what's driven certain plants and, and, and fauna and Florida to, to survive is diversity. And, right. What we're what we're doing right now with smartphones and with I mean evolution's no longer driven by survival of the fittest and that's gone. It's like we're driving evolution by ourselves with our with our intelligence and 
no longer is it, what's what's going to survive in a culture is going to be those. I think I think that the rules still apply. I think those rules about diversity still apply because if somebody has an idea that is um, flawed, but it's permeated everywhere through communication and technology. It's those who have, that are able to hold on to different ideas and opinions that that are going to keep this culture at least intellectually diverse. And that can also cause survival in the long run, right? Like, I, I'm not sure. Like you mentioned, like, the um, cert- certain monocultures that kind of isolate themselves. And are you saying that they will lack the diversity to survive? Or are you saying that... No, the opposite. Yeah. They could be the savior of the freedom of thought, for example, or even, or even just like, yeah, maybe what if it turns out that cell phones do kill us, right? Like, right. but it's just super, it's just delayed by 50 years or 45 years. Cell right? phone towers but definitely just, kill us, but go ahead. But like, just imagine yeah. the outside wide outside chance that having the cell phone near your head right. truly is going to have a, very, very high fatality rate. Right, right. Well, who are the ones that are going to sur- survive? What, right. what life forms will survive on this planet then? There's very few. I mean, well, at least in the U.S., you look at other countries, everybody doesn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to think about that kind of thing sometimes. Well, how does evolution still work today? I'm very interested in the whole idea of traditions and building on traditions and, and just just you know, basically submitting to, to the tradition just because it's been around for a few thousand years. It's, um, I mean, I think they're all wrong, but yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) I don't don't know. It depends. Like the, the Jewish ones, for example, um, they ended up getting 50% of all the Nobel prizes for economics. Uh, Jewish, Jewish people have, have gotten, so I don't know. They've, they've developed something that, is probably partly genetic and they've done it, you know, with the aid of normal um, evolutionary factors and they've created this sort of super brain in a way, in a, in a culture uh, that, that, I don't know, they're over. Anyway, it's, it's just interesting. Like however they did it, uh, we are where we are and they are extremely smart in general. (laughs) Well, look at like the atomic bomb was developed by, in general, was started and developed by a group of of uh, Jewish scientists that lived in one base, one Bavarian valley. They just they all came from that area, and I mean that could also be um, economics and all that. But it's so interesting to think about, like the most. If I can go back in history, I'd probably want to meet some of those people, and and like, uh, yeah. How do you feel about holding the thing that could truly end our civilization? The first thing that we've built, probably, that could end our civilization. Yeah. <laughs> the tool of our own demise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, I've heard it described like the... heady the, stuff. It's like this, uh, like when you are d- basically learning all the technologies and like the idea is that like every civilization will come across the same technologies as they learn science and they figure out math and stuff. And, like, there are all these white balls that are all the good things from technology. And then there are, like, a few black balls. And, like, nuclear technology, obviously, would be one of them. Um, So, like, you know, it's, like, how our civilization deals with it when we pull out one of these black balls and, like, how we 
any one of them could like just end everything. <laughs> any one of the black balls. Well, we're about to open a whole thing with it. when it comes to you know basically three D to make it simple three D printing um, molecules and three D printing medicine. And as that technology becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, more and more people are going to be able to to experiment with it. And it just takes one person that sneaks into the, you know, the medicine printing lab one day and says, well, I can create the most effective biological weapon ever. Let me just go ahead. And I mean, the research has already been done. Let's take a little smallpox. Let's mix in this print. Okay. Got it done. Yeah. All right. Now I have the thing that if I open this vial outside of this lab, the world dies. Right. It's it's the it's the access to more and more. This access it's like a Pandora's box. Yeah. The nanotechnology, the gray goo theory, that you know it was using um, self-assembling and self-replicating mm-hmm. molecules that it could cause a runaway uh, factory that basically can't be shut down. And yeah. exactly. It takes all form of matter and turns it into its own form of matter. It's kind of yeah. The uh, book um, uh, "Cat's Cradle" by Kurt Vonnegut is about something like that. I think it turns everything into ice. Man, you're really well read. I you, you, that's really cool. I that's I have to read that. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's it's entertaining. I mean, the, the guy writes like um, I don't know. It's totally like it's deep concepts, but it's not. It's not literary by any measure. He's like talking about assholes, and you know, he's just—he's right. got like this. Um, in the book, uh, I, I know that. Oh, it's Breakfast of Champions. He's got like he—he okay. draws like a picture of a guy's asshole, which looks like a circle with just like lines coming out of it. And then he starts uh-huh. using it, I think, as like the chapter headers. <laughs> like he's pretty funny, you know. He's not like he's not. It's not like a task to read a Kurt Vonnegut book. But it sounds a little a little perverse in a way. Yeah, he's perverse. He's he's uh you know, he's just like he knows what's entertaining, I should say. He's he knows how to write a book so you're interested in it. It's really nice to have you on uh the pod. I'm uh, on a podcast right now? I thought we were just talking. I thought you knew that. I had an idea. I didn't know you started. Well we don't have to I mean you can you can like say you don't want no, to funny. Everyone out there thousands of listeners out there yeah i thought you would know well there are about five listeners because it's behind a paywall so we're not like real popular yet but i could make this a free one you're about to have 10 you're about to have 10 (laughs) if i put it on the free uh soundcloud then it would be like maybe 100 people would listen to it right now with our current pace that's pretty cool man hello everybody i encourage anyone that gets a call from paul engage (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Dan. So uh, the spirit of uh, the call was to talk about our bike ride yesterday, and um, oh right, and you know I don't I don't know. There's not like now that I think about it, it's not that interesting. Just kind of took a long bike ride, so it was all inside the city. For me, it was kind of like taking some sort of pharmaceutical antidepressant or something. Like, yeah, the green the amount of green. It, it never never fails to hit me coming from a concrete jungle. Yeah. Well, whenever you have whenever you have more than two people on a bike ride, you know you become a crew. If we can get more than three, we'll become. You're a scene. Aussie. Yeah. Aussie. 
Maybe Dick Dixon more as a gang, maybe. Yeah. It's always cool to have that. Fun. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Me and like your brother have had a series of rides, and can't wait to do more. Did you see the picture that Mike posted? That was like he—you could see him in the photo, but then you could see all of our bikes behind him. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. No, that's pretty sweet. I like that. I like the yeah. caravan. Oh, I see it. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was good, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool having having Jeanette there too, man. Yeah, totally. But my, you know, my life has been uh, a little different, a little crazy, like a little, little more. Yeah. Well, you are you are currently living. You're about to transition to a tiny apartment in Manhattan, but you, right now you're living in a twenty story hotel by yourself. That's right. That's right. It's pretty <laughs> wild. It's it's got it's got a, a bunch of rooms that I kind of yeah float around just depending on where I want to be. I'm actually going to put out a little a little video about it here soon. Oh, and okay. It's, uh, Do you have a YouTube channel? Uh, no, I just got a Facebook page. Okay. You know, I call it Brag Face, but it's called The Life in the Day of Dan. A Day in the Life of Dan. <laughs> in yeah, the life yeah, of yeah. Dan, kind of find myself in these. I stay away from Facebook just because I, I wish I, I, maybe I'll start looking at your stuff and liking your stuff because when it sends me an email from certain people, then I'll go on there. Um, oh, right. But I don't like go on there ever. I don't have the app installed. Like now I don't have the Instagram app. It's all, but it's not about me, but I, I think people that move out of their hometown tend to, not that I haven't done that too. I mean, I moved out of my hometown, but people that move out of their, move far away away, they, they tend to. Right use facebook and just yeah i could you know yeah it's ways to connect with people that you're not connected with whereas i think when you're in the same place you know what am i saying i don't know what i'm talking about i'm not like these kids doing uh doing their snap snapchats and tiktoks and uh tiktoks and yep maybe someday i'll be hip to that shit but you know what right now i'm a minimal time. Well, Dan, you just did a solid half hour with me, and I appreciate that. Oh, geez, if anyone, if anyone listens to this, take what I say with more than a few grains of salt. I, I think, on the contrary, you're a very interesting guest, and you 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 went through a uh, probably seven minute monologue, and you touched on like four different things that I wanted to discuss. You're a great guest, is what I'm trying to say. Is you say a lot of sticky stuff that like. I want to latch on to and cling to. So, oh man, well we could we could drink for hours. Absolutely, Dan. All right, so uh, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you don't have anything to promote. I don't really. Come okay. check out my Facebook cool. page, and I'll have to see it. It's probably closed. Maybe I will someday. Me and you are going to release a song soon. Do you have like a Facebook dot com slash something? Yeah, Dan Celio, D-A-N-C-E-L-I-O, pretty straightforward. Cool. I think all four of my listeners, if they make it this far, if any of them make it that far, then at least one of them will probably check it out. Yeah, soon I'll have a Day in the Life of Dan YouTube channel. I'm working on some edits now of my general adventure. Okay, Dan, thank you. Have a safe trip back to New York. Awesome, man. Be good. Keep it up. Take my safe.